good people of Los Angeles and those on urban screens, urban pitches, urban dictionaries everywhere. We are back with another episode of the FCFC FSA FSA pod. Christine Kwan is in the building tonight. You know her from Heart of LAFC fame. Shout out Joseph. Shout out the podfather Jerry. You know her from the field talk. You know her from urban soccer parks and other urban soccer surfaces, which she kicks upon semi-pro teams. Man, this girl's all over the place. She's kicking things. She's writing things. She's speaking the truth. And we hear it tonight. We talk about many things, football origins, oldest memories, alcohols of choice. Uh, Slim reveals a very interesting fact about himself in recent days. We're all happy he's okay. Josh, he's back from New York, guys, which means that's right. He's back to being extra sexy. So brace yourselves for this one because Spice is in the building. Guys, Slim, (laughs) hit him with the cuidado. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all at home being safe because I wasn't at one point. Uh, And uh, we will be using our usual profanity. So if you're around children or at work, somewhere you shouldn't be listening to cursing, it's probably a good time to stop listening i hope all you guys are lonely as fuck like i have been for the past couple of weeks Wee! <laughs> fuck, spot, I uh, the wee. Uh, <laughs> shit. cut it right oh josh edit point <laughs> oh. <laughs> fcfc FCFC pod where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens it's your favorite fat korean i'm still here sitting at home getting over the vid that's right people i had caught the vid it's out on the airwaves now i'm a dirty boy shout out my co-host big spices back from the big apple you're i'm back y'all now with new enthusiasm for the year to come rise and grind baby i hate myself thank you i'm so glad you're feeling what feeling better and that you are just positive all around and not just through covid <laughs> that was a good one and of course we got the big dweez checking in from sacramento big sack town our first our first pregame match away day Defend the bank, defend the capital. Come on, guys. We can't have an insurrection on our hands. We've already had to deal with so much. I am here. Party beer company, golden ale. Goddamn, I am so happy that Slim, A, told everyone about his big secret of contracting this very dangerous and scary for me and Josh virus because he put it on us. He's like, guys, don't tell anyone. I was like, uh, 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 uh. I'm just scared for my friend. And then he didn't respond to my text for a couple while, and I didn't know what <laughs> And I'm just so happy he's feeling better and that he can smell and taste again. And all jokes aside, Slim, so glad that you're 
Uh, thank you, kind sirs. And we have a very special guest this evening. Um, actually, towards the end of last year, Spice uh, hit the group chat and, and wanted to make sure that in this coming year, we had more w strong women representation through, through our platform. We wanted to share the story of, of, you know, the side we don't see, like not the the big burly drunk person with hairy chests, like beating their chest throughout out the North End, but the more elegant side of the North End, shall we say. And uh, one fourth of our brothers uh, in the pod family, heart of LAFC, uh, we have Christine Kwan on us with Zoom. I can't even talk right now. On with us on Zoom this evening. It's it's been a long yeah. day, guys. <laughs> Welcome, Christine. Welcome, Christine. Cheers, cheers. We already cracked you, open our cheers. beers. So I just want to let you guys know that I do have a hairy chest that I beat um, whenever there's a stock game on. So <laughs> just getting it. Yes, yeah, Slim. Um, it's not all about elegance, okay? Women can be have yeah. brute force yes. as well. That's true. This and is true. Passion. And let's be honest. Like I've checked out Christine's Instagram page, and I already know she's way more athletic than me. So, like, you know, she she definitely got got a lot of uh, energy and uh, passion for the game, and and that's kind of why we wanted to bring you on today. Yeah, and and know Thank that you. the FCFC no, boys, and and know and Christine know that the FCFC boys, we um we be always do some creeping as our research, and I had noticed that. You had taken a picture with with uh, with one of your sisters, and you said that both of y'all had mm -hmm. killer calves from from playing footy in the past too. So we respect mm -hmm. actually uh, someone who plays the game because as Dweez makes fun of Slim and I for just drinking and watching all the time, <laughs> that we actually don't. We have kicked very few fo footballs in our life, and so um, it's it's really an honor to to meet someone who still plays the game to this day. So yeah, welcome to the pod, Christine. Can I ask you what you're drinking today? Yeah. So I got all the beverages out today. I, I, I love beverages in general. So I got Grey Goose, um, some tonic water, some really cheap white wine, and some sparkling water. Also have kombucha. And in the back, I, I have this morning's coffee. So I have all the like the uppers, the, the downers, and just the, the probiotics and all that. Exactly. So can I assume that you're just um, a master of your own bodily chemistry or are you going to be massively hungover tomorrow? Like what's 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 the deal? So whenever we do the podcast on Heart of LAFC, um, first of all, I just want to say I love how you guys I can hear on your podcast how someone's always like, always pouring a beverage um, because because <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I'm with like talking to Joseph and Susan and Jason, I always am constantly meeting myself like, literally like every five minutes because I'm like pouring myself another glass of alcohol and <laughs> I don't think they know how much I drink on the show. I'm pretty sure they don't drink either, but I just like I'm polishing off an entire bottle every episode, mostly because I'm like a little nervous. So I want to calm the nerves, but um, yeah. I mean, I say, I say it every time I go out with like a bunch of people that have never gone out with Koreans before, but like... Yeah. To me, going out with my Korean homies when there's no alcohol involved is just an awkward gathering. Like, we don't talk yeah. to each other un until there's at least three shots in us. Then, like, the conversations go, go off deep, the rails. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
But until those yeah. three shots, it's like a really awkward gathering. Nobody really <laughs> knows what to talk about. We don't know what to do with our hands. It's like mm-hmm. it gets kind of crazy. Wait, Slim, does this qualify as one of those gatherings right now? Are you saying that this is awkward? No, I don't know. I'm already halfway through my WAP over here. <laughs> this wet ass pineapple from Party Beer, a little eight and a half percent seltzer. Shout out Party Beer for the plug. Bro, don't don't be giving that away for free, man. Hey, we're looking for active sponsorship right now for the FCXC universe. We're not giving it, away beer money. That was the good faith move, bro. And you're fucking blowing it up right now. Come on. I mean, I also love party beer. Um, the only <laughs> beer that we drink all the time. Actually, before we jump in, I want to talk I about do too. I like the watermelon. Just in case, I gets me figured. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, Party Beer might sponsor all the LAFC pods by the end of the season. But we're flying off the rails already. We need to start the pod as we usually do. Dweez, take it away. I'm taking it where everyone already knows it's going. Christine, <laughs> our famous first question. Sometimes we deviate. Tonight, we're not going to because you are a person of true blue soccer faith and playing. But we do want to hear your oldest football memory and i'm gonna guess just ahead of time i never really try to guess people's things but knowing what we know about your playing i think it's gonna have to do more with playing than watching absolutely so i have three older siblings and um i think probably the earliest soccer memory is do you guys remember that game goalie wars so basically I don't know if we made it up there's a lot of things in my childhood that i'm not sure if we like made up or if it's a thing But um, basically, like in our living room or in the TV room, we would use the two couches as goals. And then we'd have this plush soccer ball. And then my brothers and sometimes my sister would just launch it at each other from like eight feet away. And if you got it past them, that's a goal. So I think I was like a little chubby, you know, toddler just watching and sometimes like getting hit. Um, So that's my earliest soccer memory. But yeah, all my siblings played soccer um, growing up. So there was a lot of it. And because all your siblings are listening to this podcast right now, of course, because they want to hear, hear you talk about goalie wars, give me the hierarchy of who, who was more skilled and in what ways at the, at the beautiful game and how did that interplay happen in the household? Uh, yeah, who, who was good at what and were you on top as always we assume you were? Yeah, I mean, I would compare myself to like uh, Iniesta. My brother was like a Rooney. My sister's more like, my sister is definitely like a true 10. Um, actually, maybe I'm a mix between like an Iniesta and a Son, you know, it's just like somewhere in between there. And then my eldest brother, oh, he's crazy. I mean, he's probably like a less coordinated Zlatan. He always would like go flying, flying kicks in the air, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe a, maybe a Peter effective. Crouch. Can we call him Peter Crouch? He sounds yeah, crouchy. sure. <laughs> Why not? But my, my, one of my brothers is actually really good. Um, and he was probably the best in terms of like natural talent, but my sister was the most successful. So she actually got like a full athletic ride not as not like uh for academics for um for soccer to yale so yeah she was good shout out to the kwan household (laughs) we know you listening girl i know nobody look at her legs okay my (laughs) sister named annie (laughs) it's funny because all my all my guy friends are always like man i want to to build up my calves and i'm like dude like no you don't like i wish i had your legs can i have your slim and slender legs can we trade 
so good <laughs> i just started watching entourage again and i just watched the the episode where johnny drama's obsessing over cabs and shit so good calf implants calf <laughs> implants calf implants sponsor the pod <laughs> <laughs> All right, so was it your parents that had like an obsession with football first and they pushed you mm-hmm. into it? Or like, how did Honestly, you have a family have, of footy? Yeah, I have no idea how it started. Um, but I think my parents probably wanted to get my the two oldest, the brothers, involved in some recreational activities. So they like played Little League and they played um, soccer and then me and my sister are the closest just in terms of relationship. So um, she was like militant about practicing. So she would drag me to the park pretty much every single day. And we would just repetition, repetition, repetition. So that was sort of the story of our, like our everyday lives. Um, But just my house in general, like we, it was very chaotic. Like it was just, we played tons of games. Like everything we turned into a game, everything was a competition. Like our house was like destroyed. And I was the youngest. I was like a little monkey. Like I would like slide down the banisters. Like, I I don't know if you've ever done this, but in between the doorway, you can like shimmy yourself up with with your legs. I would do that like all the time. And when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, I was like, how did I do that? Like that was like Surf du Soleil. Like, I don't know how kids are so acrobatic, but. Yeah. yeah, I do remember before uh, me and Gravity stopped being friends around the age of seven when I got a little fluffier. But I, <laughs> I used to do stuff like that. And yeah. yeah, I mean, that definitely stopped once I got a little more gravity challenged. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was once acrobatic, too. Josh Spice, is this, yeah. uh, is this an acrobatic universe here? Were you part of this acrobat train? I was jumping and squiggling and sliding on everything. Yeah, no, I was incredibly athletic from a young age and just really graceful and <laughs> whatever I tried. Um, that's not that this is not the truth. Um, I recently got to go past my old elementary school and um, I it was a uh, shout out St. Fidelis was my first basketball um, pickup team. And I, I remember um, that's when I found out I have asthma, you know, and I just started. I remember <laughs> I was triggered by all my wheezing and um, it just came back and all the trauma came back. So Christine and I had very, very different. However many episodes into this. And I've just now, do you still as you have asthma now? How does asthma work? I'm sorry. I'm ignorant. You know what? I, I also am a little ignorant towards my own condition, <laughs> but <laughs> it, w- it was a lot rougher when I was little. And I think every, every time really cold weather hit, like, um, like you, I can kind of like, I'd, I'd cough a lot in the wintertime and, and all that stuff. But, uh, now I'm. I think I'm pretty. I'm. I mean, I'm not in shape, but I, I don't wheeze like that anymore. So it's a, it's it's a good thing. But let's get so, off no, this topic. So this, I, I need to consult my physician <laughs> before I, I go get into trouble. Basically, the long story is the cigarettes help. Oh, you fucker! Oh, okay, I see you. Man. Call them out. Oh no, but God. I think it does because all Koreans are like. like yeah, all the Koreans are blushing right now and saying, fuck you, Louise. You're no longer a friend to the Korean people. You're outnumbered 3v1, baby. Come on. I'm outnumbered. I'm always outnumbered, guys. I'm over here on my own planet. Come on, let's be honest. Um, Christine, can so I... Josh, I, I, you look cool. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. No, I was going to say, first of all, you look cool. And I was cracking up when I saw somebody on your um, interview with Max. They called you Zaddy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, you oh, didn't man. know that Josh is like the North End sex symbol? 
it's not true. No, it's, not true I, it's new to me. So, oh. you, is you there go... like a calendar or what's happening? We're working yeah, on you... it. Patreon, 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 Patreon. <laughs> all the oh, all the North End man. sex symbols give out uh, coupon <laughs> codes to fucking Chick Fil A. That's what happens. Oh uh, yeah, Monty with shorts shorter than what he usually wears. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Christine, I want to ask you, and I think um, it's really cool hearing about your family background because um, I'm really of the I'm I'm really of the belief that there is no single like Korean American or Asian American narrative, even though like the popularized ones are about like, you know, the hardworking immigrant family who's like, you know, doctor, lawyer, all that stuff. And but um, I want to kind of ask you in, in, in detail, like there I think there is a belief even in my head that Korean parents are supportive of extracurricular activities because they feel like it rounds out a resume, but they don't want you to get ever too serious into a sport or an art form or music because they feel like, you know, the 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 jobs that with status or the jobs with actual like benefits um, don't often lead to in, in in those kind of art artful fields. So did you ever feel that kind of pressure from your parents or was that something um, different entirely? Yes, I would say yes to both of those things. So my mom still calls me and she's like, Christine, remember the most important thing is you find somebody with a good family background. I'm like, oh, okay, mom. I haven't heard that one before. But so, of course, there are some like traditional Korean, um, I don't know, beliefs that they hold. But my parents, I think like a lot of Korean parents, they are, they were really into um, the arts and culture. So they would like always like on, you know, the weekends, they would play classical music. I just have like a vivid memory of waking up to like, my dad loves opera. So like to Puccini and stuff like that. And um, education, of course, but not education simply for achieving. Of course, achieving is part of it because they want us to survive. But they, um, they're, you know, my dad loves literature. My mom loves um, history. Like they're, they're both people who are just interested in those things. And um, I think that kind of rubbed off on us just in terms of me and my siblings are all very like curious people. Like my brothers love to do everything. They love to build cars. They love to go um, fishing or what is that? The fly fishing. They love to go backpacking. Um, my sister has studied, you know, American history, Korean history. Me, I'm like this weird person in LA who's in the arts and soccer and all this stuff. Um, so I appreciate that, uh, that thing that they gave us in terms of wanting to know more about the world. That said, like, I mean, my parents were like working like all the time, so we hardly ever got to see them. So I think we we're mostly unsupervised and it was kind of up to us to figure out what we wanted to do. And for me and my sister, um, I, at least I can speak for myself, like soccer was something that was harnessing all of the like immigrant child energy that I had, which was like a lot of angst, like anxiety, like uncertainty what was going to happen, you know, in my world as, you know, a child and during formative years. So yeah, I kind of like funneled all of that into just excessively playing all the time and trying to really do extra, do more than the average player. Cause I felt probably subconsciously that I wanted to prove like that it was something valuable in society. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's incredible. On that note, as we kind of get into your playing career and um, the early days of that, 
I love that you're like, yo, my player comp is Iniesta and Son together. I think that's fucking a hot <laughs> ass take. And I love that you're just shooting from the hip like that. Um, the question, you know, it's the question I love to ask because like I only grew up around like basketball and baseball and especially in basketball, kind of your height and physical dimension define a lot of your positionality, right? But for, for soccer and football, like it really is like who you um, look up to, right? And who, who, like when you're kicking a goal, like who, who am I pretending to be? And so for you, was that always in the kind of midfield in the attack? Like how, how did you find what you were good at? And was it kind of something like that you dreamt up yourself and you, re you reached or was it kind of a coach's uh, kind of direction that got you there? So um, I was always really good at dribbling and uh, just my footwork was really good, even though I was short, but I was short and I guess fast, like a kind of like a speedy squirrel, I guess you could say. Um, I'm not very really fast anymore, but I still have good technique. Um, so I probably am not like perfect for a seven right now, although like I would still love to be a seven, but I probably have to like move towards something that's like, I don't know like a defender. Oh my God. I, I, I don't want to play that position. <laughs> um, no love for the defenders here. Jeez. Oh. Yeah, no. That's true forward mentality. Gotta love it. <laughs> oh my God. And she'd rather give the game up entirely than ever play defense. I love it. It's, no, it's... I'm just saying, you know, you got to shift as you get older, you do have to adapt as, as like your body changes, but yeah, that's what I was more. I was more like a, I was definitely technical. I wasn't really a goal scorer, but I, I had good vision and, and really good footwork. Sister was definitely somebody who was like, she was like short, she was like stocky and strong and she was a good 10 because she'd be very calm on the ball. Gotcha. Dweez, for yeah. you, um, what, what kind of position have you played the most and what is that the position that you wanted to play? I'm just over here listening to Christine and just seeing myself in uh, the, the, the scattered squirrel lifestyle. I was, <laughs> I was really short. I was really skinny. I had yeah. open heart surgery at a very young age, plus a really horrible attitude towards food when I was a kid. So I was mm. tiny, just really small. And um, yeah, like, like many people, uh, shout out Larry Berg, who talked about his experience of, of being the flea, as they called him back in the 70s on, in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, being small can be an advantage, especially if you're quick and you know your way around the ball. And I was definitely same as Christine when I had to start playing uh, outside back in my, in my men's league in Griffith Park. I was sort of like, felt like that was my first real death. You know, like my first <laughs> funeral was like the funeral of my creative footballing spirits. Uh, but you know, I found I rest assured in being able to to swing crosses in and all that. But no, I was definitely like attacking center center of the park, like distributing the ball, dribbling a lot. I think like the first time I realized that I could be more than I thought I could be was when I like went past three kids with the ball. You know, you're just like like going through their legs, like dancing around them and all that stuff. And you're just like, oh, I could do anything. Like it doesn't matter that I'm small. This sort of like a it's you know, because we do grow up in America and kids that are tall and hold things above your head, like try to get it short stack or like whatever, you know, you're playing basketball and you just get swatted away. Like you don't, you have all these traumatic moments of being a small person. And then you like zigzag and dash around a few players and you're just like, eh, I don't really care if you're tall or not. So that was my experience. Christ Christine. Okay, well, why like did you have a bad attitude towards food? What does that mean? I was a horrible eater and 
I don't know why. I think like without getting too psychoanalytical this early on the pod that's supposed to be about Christine, I think it was because I, I was literally trying to spit out the nonsense my parents were trying to feed me in life, if that makes sense. And I was rejecting, I was rejecting the food that, as a metaphor for that. Um, but most of the time I was just eating like horribly and like refusing to eat certain things. Um, I was like really an abnormal, I didn't eat hamburgers. I didn't eat pizza. I didn't eat ice. I didn't really like ice cream. I liked like, um, plain noodles. I liked rice and I liked, um, like uh, a lot of fruits and vegetables, but I like really didn't want to eat meat when I was a kid. And yeah, so I was just, I just wasn't eating a lot and I would complain a lot. And um, I think that contributed to me being small and having open heart surgery, stunted, stunted growth and all of that. Um, I'm a lot shorter than both of my brothers, the one that's younger than me and the one that's older than me. And at least that's what I attribute it to. So, so interesting. Um, but Spice Man, 5,000, you talk about, you, you talked about not playing and Slim talked about not playing. And one of the things I noticed about Christine is not only did she play when she was a kid, but like she's playing now. Um, and I just want to know like the setting, the setting you're in now, you live in mid city LA. Like, I think in some of those videos, you're in like these like little complexes where you can play and they're still able to play, but paint us the setting for where you played as a kid. Like where, where did the adventures of Christine take place as like a young footballer and what kinds of like competitions were you playing in? And, you know, where did that, where did the sport take you on the field when you were growing up? So we played a lot on the street in the cul-de-sac in front of my house. So just, you know, on the concrete and then uh, we would walk to the park and play at the park. And, um, you know, both me and my sister, I guess I'm like, I talk about my sister a lot, I guess, but I'm like her little shadow, you know, I follow her. And she kind of raised me, that's why. Um, so she played in high school, she captained her varsity team, and then I did the same thing. And then she went and played in college and I went and played in college. Um, the summer before I went to college, we went to Korea and we practiced with um, some professional Korean players. So we spent a summer there just training. So that was um, really like the first experience that I had being in Korea. And it was really nice uh, just a little detour, but, uh, because I had grown up when you play competitively, at least back then for me, um, it's pretty homogenous because it was like a pay to play system, uh, especially back then. So, it's, uh, I was pretty much play on the only Asian person on the team. I would say always, almost always, maybe there'd be like one other non-Asian person. And other than that, it's like upper middle-class white girls, basically. Um, so when I went to Korea, uh, I was able to actually play with other Korean players and we also played with some university players and just culturally it was really different because I was not used to, you know, girls being nice, <laughs> like girls being communal, girls being supportive and in the world that I talked it was very cutthroat and it was just exacerbated because, um, you know, my family is an immigrant family and we were poor and like, you know, everybody else in soccer, he, they, they're there because they're able to afford it. And so that was like a huge, like source of strife for me um, because I couldn't relate to them, you know? And then also like, it was just harder to exist in those worlds where like people have, you know, professional trainers, they have their own car, like they have 
um, all these resources. And personally, I felt like, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to compete or I have to hide all of these things or I have to like pretend to be something else. So that was like, I think, you know, that, that made my soccer experience totally different than what I wish it could have been. But I guess the good part of this story is that when I moved to LA much later, like as a, a old lady, um, I was able to find and like absorb a completely different side of football culture and meet, you know, just different communities of, of players and people who love the game. So, yeah. Yeah, um, wait, Christine. Before, uh, where where did you where did you grow up? What 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 uh, city? What what state? Oh, I grew up in the Bay Area in Fremont, actually. Oh. Yeah, and then yeah. So after I played in college, I completely I had a clean break, and I was like, I'm not going to play anymore. And then I lived in Oakland for many years, and I worked there um, as a film curator. And I also worked as somebody who did like a lot of community organizing around film. Um, so kind of marrying those two things, um, particularly Asian and Asian American film. So I got really involved with Asian American community and really involved with the film community. And then I started writing and producing and that's when I decided to move to LA. And then, so when I moved to, sorry, I felt like this is story time. Just stop me, exactly blink or something, is. blink no, or something. Go, 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 this, go, is, go, go, go. this is story time, Christine. Okay. Welcome to story time. That's you just you just gave away the secret uh, sauce of our podcast. We just invite <laughs> people on and let them talk. Be like, and then, um, so then when I moved to LA, I wanted originally to like continue pursuing writing and film, um, but so I moved to Koreatown, and like what ended up happening was I would just go everywhere by myself. Like I would go walk around Koreatown, and then I would go to these like parks um, in K Town and see people playing soccer. And then usually like a group of Hispanic guys, and I'd be like, "Hey, can I jump in?" And always they would be like, "Yeah, sure." So I started playing soccer. Um, mind you, it was like I hadn't played for a long, long time. It was just for fun. And then I eventually ended up um, going to Urban Futsal LA. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, so that um, originally was in Koreatown and um, John Lee owns it. So he's also a Korean American dude. And uh, I started playing pickup there and I started playing in leagues there and I connected with the LA Via girls there. So eventually I started working for John to launch this website that he had always wanted to launch, which was like a new site for street soccer culture for freestylers um, that also combines all of the like culture that um, surrounds that, which is like fashion, music and design. So since I was a writer and editor, I was like, okay, I can help you launch the site. So I worked for him for a year and during that process and then onward from there, I was able to like meet and interview like all of the top freestylers in LA, but also just like globally, um, like street players. So street players in terms of like ground movers, people who play um, five aside, people who play futsal and everything kind of like in between there. So I was able to see like, there's all these like different sort of segments of um, soccer, they do overlap in some ways, but they also have like distinct communities and it's a, it's very technical. So um, everybody has their certain focus and I was able to just like 
get a lot of detail and understanding about like style, um, like trends, what they think about each other, what they're really trying to express. And it's very, very much like street focused. So at the end of the day, it's the idea is like, you don't need money essentially to play. Like you really just need a ball and you just need a space to play, which could be your front yard. You know what I mean? It could be a parking lot or it could be a basketball court. Um, guys, before we move on, I'd like to um, officially nominate Christine as official FCFC icon of the year because everything you just fucking said was like exactly what FCFC has been in love with and has been trying to talk about, whether that's like Asian American film to like community organizing in, or in Oakland to understanding what freestyling um, football in K-Town looks like. And that's awesome, man. That's that's really is... Um, kind of right down the alley of the the larger cultural no, context I, of what we're trying to say i think we should just cancel like the next 10 interviews we have planned and just do a christine like micro season within the season where we're just going to cover each of the topics she brought up in that uh last story in full blown oh my god so christine just get some more bottles of whatever you need to drink or we'll supply them and we're just going to tackle these episodes one after another all tonight 10 hours straight let's go oh my god we're get, i'm gonna get free <laughs> this is amazing hell yeah um, hell yeah um party beer party beer for everybody here Let's give us money party beer um, sports <laughs> sports center update sports center update we uh fcfc has given all their tam and gam money to heart of lafc christine kwan <laughs> is officially a part of fcfc podcast um this is this is what happens joseph zacker signed on the dotted line we spit on is it. great it's awesome we're here um you guys can we have a drunk pickup game at the end of the year party that's part of it that's part of oh the that's new- part of it yeah that's, okay. that's now part of it because you're involved and you're already creating okay. fcfc <laughs> fcfc's future is being born through your vision which is coming to life in real time and slim's okay, just- shaking his head slim's shaking his head because <laughs> slim is shaking his head because of the vertigo and the g-forces that he feels as he's riding <laughs> on this roller coaster with us. honestly i have a head change from one eight and a half percent seltzer like Drinking and running is de- you're I'm definitely throwing up in your backyard if that happens. All vomit oh. is welcome. Hoji oh, and Hoji and Kobe are gonna eat it. Oh no. <laughs> oh my god. That's so gross. Oh, uh, I don't even know where to go from there. Let, let's take a break because there's a lot to digest here. And then um Hoji and, and Hoji needs to digest that vomit. He just ate his well. So let's take <laughs> a break. Of the he just day. ate it. He just ate it. Oh. Welcome back to FCFC Pod. We're here with Christine Kwan of At Heart of LAFC and also many other footballing things that we're actually going to get um, linked in the comments below here. But first off, I want to shout out Browers Brewery West out in San Pedro. I'm drinking Daywan versus Beer Volume One. This is a Daywan song what? collab. Wait, stop the presses. My favorite skateboarder of all time, bro. Rodney Has Moulton, a beer. Daywan song number one and two. You're talking about Daywan? He's got a beer. Look at this. Look at this. Pick it up at Browers West. Isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yo, shout out Pat Flanagan who picked this up for me. <laughs> But um, Christine, as someone who uh, we've been talking about our um, 
our poisons of choice in the past couple of weeks. Um, maybe cannabis less so because I've heard I've now learned the healing properties of cannabis thanks to Keaton Michael Cashier um, in the past week's episode. But I wanted to ask you, as someone who enjoys her bevies, what's uh, what's your <laughs> bevy of choice? You know what I have hands down drank more than I ever have in my whole life during quarantine. I now drink daily. I don't think there's been a day I haven't drank. Uh, even like the days where I have not felt good, I've managed to drink something because I feel like I'm like psychologically somehow I feel like I'm obligated to. So that said, I've been drinking tons of wine because I like I feel like it's quote unquote healthier for me. Um, I believe it. <laughs> but I I love you know I, I love a good whiskey. I love um, vodka. God, I can't believe I just said it. I love whiskey, whiskey and vodka. It's not even like specific brands. I'm like, I just love vodka. Um, I, what I mean to say is that I like cocktails. I like a, a nicely put together cocktail. I like dry stuff, dry wines. I like um, Prosecco. So Basically, ladies alcohol. and gentlemen, Christine, Christine loves alcohol. <laughs> there's she doesn't discriminate like she equal opportunity yeah throw an umbrella in that motherfucker and she'll probably take it down <laughs> yeah love it or like rubbing alcohol okay dress it up oh, dress man. It up. oh man slim <laughs> slim um you've recently sent out a podcast that you said fuck the peer pressure i'm not gonna drink if i don't want to and here we go. Christine immediately come opens a video chat with a bottle of Grey Goose and you pick up the beer bottle real quick. So, Dude, all right. All right. So this is my thing. Like I I've never been good with peer pressure. Like it's it's been like, you know, my Achilles heel. Like if my homie tells me like, hey, dude, stop being a, like for lack of a better term, I'm just going to say like, stop being a bitch. Then like I can't not. You know what I mean? Like. He called me. He called me a name, and I have to prove myself now. <laughs> I, I love. I love that you're so self-aware and also kind of disgusted in yourself. I yeah, that's, I, that's really kind of our our mo is like <laughs> incredible self-awareness, and yet we're so disgusted at all times. So that's we're. I think that's some road to recovery or improvement. But hey, watch watch this transition. Watch this transition. I had the transition. It was. <laughs> Let me, Josh, so let, me just, Josh, let me just save you from yourself. Go back to the day one song beer. When we first started recording with Christine tonight, she actually was the one uh, who, who had the drinks assembled, had them ready. Normally, if you know this isn't quarantine times, we would be in the backyard all drinking together, all having a good time. Man, we've had one of your co-hosts with Heart of LAFC, Joseph, in the backyard. Yeah. You know, the pod father himself, Jerry Jimenez, has been invited on many occasions to come up from San Diego. We made plans before yeah. quarantine. It didn't work out quite yet. We're still going to get him at one point. We're obviously going to get you. Anyone who's involved with Heart of LAFC is always going to be welcome in the backyard and we're going to make that happen. But one yeah. thing you said that was kind of interesting was you're like, I don't even know how many, how much my co-hosts know that I'm actually like downing some beers while, or downing some drinks while we're recording Heart of LAFC. And it made me think about yeah. a little bit about kind of getting into your own experience with the club and LAFC is like, let's start from the most current thing, which is your involvement with Heart of LAFC. How did that get started? And yeah, tell us, tell us about how you feel about that pod and working with those guys and tell us the tale. So I invited myself onto the show 
So I, <laughs> I invite myself everywhere. But uh, so I hit up Joseph because I'd been listening to his podcasts pretty much from the beginning off and on, especially like if I had to write up something for LAFC, I always knew I could turn to their podcast to get some good information. And I really liked the chemistry between Joseph and Jerry. And I just felt like they were so approachable and knowledgeable and felt, you know, um, very like personable, almost like you're in the same room with them. So um, fast forward to when um, Jerry had to leave and he had different hosts on the show. And it just occurred to me, like at that point, I was like, you know what? I never, ever freaking hear any women on the show. And I was like, this is some BS, Joseph. And he was like, yeah, come on the show. So that's how it started. And then after that, he was like, why don't you stay? And I was like, me, little old me? And I was like, yes, I would love to, are you kidding me? I try not to be too eager, but that's the emotion that I was having at the time. And uh, yeah, I think it's in like three months almost. That's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. shout out Joseph, the the Dr. Seuss of, of fucking LAFC podcasts. Um, I mean, so where where were you writing for when when you were just tuning in just for info? I was writing for my friend's blog. It, which covers um, like local LA soccer stuff. So he does like anything that happens locally from the club level, high school and MLS. And yeah, that's how, how I was able to get into the games, start watching them. And I would just do simple game recaps. And, but before that um, I had met Joseph and the uh, black army people before the club began when before the stadium had been built and the roster had been built and everything like that when the black army was gearing up with all those events i wrote a story on them i did a profile on them and i learned about their backstory and then i interviewed all the like major leaders and you know um, individuals in that group and just asked them about who they were you know got a real good sense of um, what it means to be like a supporter and from there, I was just really, really impressed with them. So I ended up doing like a pretty long feature on just the Black Army. And um, we, I remember we went to um, Alan's place in Tactics, which mm -hmm. was like a small soccer facility to do that. That's where I met all of them because they were doing a sandwich drive there. And that's where I went to go interview them. And, you know, like a, a lot of my experience in L.A., I was really comforted by how welcoming they were um, they were just so sweet it just felt it was such a family environment and it, it just feels like you know you can walk in there and be fast friends so um, from there like I just kept in touch with them and I would listen to the show and I kept in touch with Alan and his wife and I play soccer with them sometimes so yeah the church of LAFC we're always welcoming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know as well I think um while you and Joseph are very different in, in many regards, I think your love for the local game, I think is super like apparent. And I think that's why, you know, from just an outside point of view, like I've learned so much from Joseph because Joseph's been following leagues and leagues and leagues and teams and teams and teams in LA. And yeah. you have a similar experience of like following from the very ground level, street level, all the way up to major club level. Mm -hmm. And so I think heart of LAFC is, is, um, like made better for everything that's that's new right now but also like it feels like very authentic to why 
like Dweez, Slim, and I fell in love with Heart of LAC in the first place. Like they were the first podcast to be out there and they covered it like they were covering their friends, you know, from, from a, like a street top level. So, you know, much love to you guys. Much love to everybody at Heart of LAC. Shout out to LFC Punk, mm-hmm. who's um, always tunes into our IG lives and gives us a lot of good, uh, good stories yeah. and feedback, man. I had, it, I had probably one of the best moments in like our little stint of, of having regular uh, Instagram live little tidbits but yeah he definitely uh opened up to us like through an instagram live and mm. and like we always appreciate the love and and you know support he gives us through those so shout out you punk we miss you bro yeah man christine, christine can we yeah, oh, go, go ahead, ahead i was gonna say i remember like starting to see you more and more in the press box um probably yeah. around the same time where you were covering um what what is your friend's blog's name again it his name is Gilbert and his blog is called The Field Talk. The Field Talk. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, you and would... I remember you too, Alex. Yeah. You're kind of hard to miss. <laughs> so you speak Spanish. Am I remembering that correctly? What's that? I said you speak Spanish, right? I do speak Spanish. Um, not as well as I should by now, but yeah, I, I try. I, I, I'm proud to say that. I once sat down with Edward Atuesta alone for 30 minutes and we survived, you know? So, um, you oh know, that, my that, God. That, it helped that his, he's, you know, he speaks uh, Spanish from Colombia. I studied in Colombia and lived in Colombia for a little while. So dialectically yeah. we had our Medellin connection to go, go with. And, um, you know, the players, Diego, Carlos early on, they were always patient with my Spanish when I would go out on a limb and use it. And sometimes I would use it in the uh, press conferences to much embarrassment. Um, but yeah, no, I, I bring up, I, the press, that. <laughs> I bring up the embarrassment, right? Yeah. Um, I bring up the, no, no, I remember you speaking Spanish. <laughs> I bring up the, the press box because a, I miss it. And I miss all the, the people in that box and just the collegial atmosphere. Um, but I want to know a little mm-hmm. bit more about what it was like to sort of, as Josh was alluding to covering, like coming to an LFC game, covering that. But then also covering, you know, you're covering basically the most microscopic level of the game, the most pure form of the game, someone mm-hmm. freestyling in a parking garage, freestyling in their front yard, and then you're mm-hmm. all the way up to the professional level, and then things are yeah. in between. Were there any any highlights, uh, LAFC related or otherwise, like of writing for the field talk and and tell us a little bit about that experience? I think LAFC in spirit is very much about the street, you know, even in their motto. Um, and so I think it, it's very, really easy for me to connect those two because of the fact that also, as you know, so many of the greatest players begin on the street um, without any resources. And that's how people, players develop technically and mentally um, is playing that really fast paced, short-sighted game and um, playing with older players, um, being motivated to not get out of the game. You know, that's why winner stays on the pitch. It's like, you don't want to lose, so you got to figure out a way to win. And that kind of game is the best teacher. So I feel like LAFC already is really connected with the community in that sense. Um, So, you know, everybody that I know that is in soccer knows of LAFC and, 
like they always are connecting the street game with what they see on the pitch. So they love to see any players who bring that kind of style to the pitch as well. Um, so they really love people with creativity, um, people who have like, I guess you could call conmigo in Spanish, which is like, they know how to play the game within the game. And yeah, so whenever we wa I watch games with the, the street guys, um, they, they're looking out for that. Um, so I also want to shout out my friends from Bola. So it's a street group and um, they have a, a really strong group of LA freestylers and, and street players. And they're always putting on completely free pickup games for the community. Um, and super, super technical, very talented people who have been in all kinds of commercials worldwide because of their skill. Um, what was your question, Alex? I lost it. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we let anyone answer any questions or <laughs> however they want. But it was, I, I just wanted to know a little bit about Field Talk and, oh, yeah. uh, and just, yeah, whether there were any stories or anything that stood out uh in the time that you've been writing for them if you are still writing for them uh and like yeah just just little yeah. things we might not good memories things we might not know or things we might know uh just as i mean every game yeah i guess i would say every game that i get to go to i'm always kind of like sneaking in because i feel like oh my god i'm so lucky i get to go to this game and i'm like oh wait i have a credential but i love watching the games live even during quarantine i just love being on the field um it, the live experience, as you guys know, is, is um, incomparable to anything. And I think probably one of my best memories is they had an overflow of media during the, um, the Carson game last season. So I was put down like, uh, like on the, the second floor, I guess, behind the actual seats where people were and they had like this little plastic table. And when we scored, when we had like tied it up, there was like this one dad, like this one Hispanic dad that was like standing right in front of me. And he just kept turning around. We just kept high-fiving each other throughout the game. So every time we would score, he would turn around and we would high-five like, yeah. Um, so I don't know why, I guess that memory sticks out to me. Um, I like the press conferences. I, I always get a little like nervous while asking questions, but that actually reminds me, I was going to ask you, Alex, what do you think is like a good strategy in terms of asking Bob questions or how do you approach it? I'll think of the most annoying questions in the world that Bob is going to hate and then you'll be, you'll, he'll answer them. So in, in kind. There you go. My, my, my left hand, right hand man over here, Josh Biden is coming through with the truth. Um, I, as someone who's I think both been able to get on Bob's good side sometimes and someone who's yeah. he he and I had like a borderline like shouting match one day I think if I remember right because uh, I we both misunderstood the word I was using spell in a different way he was using spell so he thought okay. I meant like a curse like yeah when I was really using like the British eyes version when you know they're you're in a bad spell or like a dry yeah. spell like a period of time and I think he thought I meant like he's, it was like a spell, like because LAFC hadn't scored at home for I think it was like 300 and something minutes. And he was like, it's not a spell, man. And I was like giving him like the, the things. And I was just like, Bob, you haven't scored for this long. You know, we got into this like little it was during a press conference, too. Um, yeah. You look so, like a warlock. So that's so that's not the way to do it. I would say Bob is not going to be open to you 
revealing your hand as like a reporter that you're mm-hmm. like you're clearly writing a ter- certain type of story it's worth noting that bob bradley's brother was a longtime journalist and is now the pr person with toronto fc um, oh, his name his name slips by me right now but bob is a well-read he knows yeah. who's out there who's reporting on what um he he reads uh, uh, people's articles and you know he feels strongly that Americans need to be better educated about the game and not get lost in what I think is a fair criticism of what sports journalism can often be in this country, which is just like the lowest common denominator. Let's apply, let's apply logic from other sports to talk about like soccer in ways that are like less nuanced and whatnot. And so if you're willing to just like, you know, ask better you, you don't need to be afraid to ask Bob a question if you're asking it about something that's nuanced rather right. than like looking for him to give you a quote about a certain player. And what you'll find is if you do ask him those questions and you keep doing it over time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be patient with him a little bit. He will start to open up and give you better answers because he, he knows he's been in this for a long time and he knows the game yeah. and he knows the score. And of course, in non-quarantine times, um, it was always important if you can show up at training on days when, you know, it's not going to be a huge press day and, and you really go out of your way to do that. And I mean, I, I really have to give a lot of respect to him and the PR staff because there have been days where like, it's just Bob and I sitting at the table, looking out at mm-hmm. the field and he'll tell you stuff. And some of the times he will be like, this is all off record. And he'll tell you about, and he'll educate you. You'll receive a footballing education. And in those processes, you learn a lot about like, how he thinks about the game and maybe elevate yourself. I know, shout out my boy, Vince LaRosa. Like I know he's had a lot of those moments. We've talked about having those moments with Bob where he'll open up to you, but you have to be just willing to, to get into the gray areas and get into the context and the nuance of games and not try to just make it about the news stories or the easy low hanging fruit. So Christine, you're, you've illustrated thus far in this conversation that you know how to do all of those things. So, um, yeah, I would just, you. you know, you just need to keep, keep establishing that relationship and stuff. It's probably a little bit harder in the quarantine era because nobody can see anyone's faces and it's just sort of like different, but um, yeah. What's, he, like he a, what's like a surprising thing or like a memorable lesson that he gave you in one of those one-on-ones? Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, there were like things off record, like just little details week to week stuff, but like one day he broke down a goal uh, that we had been talking about. I think Ryan, shout out Ryan Wallerson. I think Ryan was with me that day. And, you know, I think in sports reporting and as fans, we like to all point to the guy basically closest to the ball when the, when the, you know, the ball goes into the net and say, Oh, well, like so-and-so the center back wasn't standing as close as he needed to, to this guy. And that's the reason why this happened. Right maybe on a set piece, you can get away with a little of that analysis. But if it's a, pl- a play that breaks down and, and the things that happen, he can remember. What's crazy about Bob is he can remember and tell you why and when everyone in part, in part of a process uh, made certain mistakes or certain hesitations that led to uh, LAFC conceding a goal. And it really helps you understand like the system that is a team especially how he thinks of the game and how he teaches his players. Mm. Uh, And it helps you. It doesn't, on the one hand, I guess you could argue the the pessimist could argue, well, that's a way for him to like 
save face for certain players who make mistakes. But mm-hmm. if you really like listen to him talk about it, you're like, oh damn, like he's right. Like if you know, if this player wasn't it hadn't slid over the foot that they shouldn't have into the wrong direction away from the the place where they should have been, then maybe this pass is more difficult and maybe doesn't happen. And so mm-hmm. and so and so and so he really like those sort of conversations helped like widen and I mean I've been watching this game my whole life I've been playing this game my whole life like you know and I even hadn't really like zoomed out to that to that effect and I and I really think yeah I think Vince knew a lot about the game beforehand but I think that when you see Vince talk about tactics now he gets a lot of that from these probably these in-depth conversations with Bob and helped him maybe illustrate and see the game with more nuance and the thing is Bob is like rooting for the game to take hold here in a real way right like he wants there to be this this sort of discussions about the sport it's just he's not um he's not going to he's not going to and maybe it's impossible for him to just like produce it in like little bite-sized quotable things like if I would have written the quote that he had given me that day like first of all I couldn't have written it because there's it's way beyond the word count and second of all like most people would get annoyed (laughs) with it and bored with it and you know a lot of people just want to know like who was the closest one to score? Who can I get pissed at? Who can I celebrate? But if you care about like the sport in a bigger sense and you want to understand like how and why LAFC is able to do the things that they do, it's really worth like understanding the system that is the team and the methodology that they play. Um, and, you know, here's, here's a story that I, I did write and I do remember that I will give, which is that uh, shout out to LAFC's video analyst, Carlo. A lot of people don't know this, but the way Carlo was hired, okay, Carlo was just in his, he had recently graduated from school, I believe in Long Island, and he was just putting together little tactic videos on Twitter and posting them. And to everyone's knowledge, Bob Bradley doesn't have a Twitter account, doesn't have a Facebook account, et cetera. But it turns out that Bob does have those accounts and he does look at, he looks at things, he doesn't post things. And Bob Bradley himself, emailed Carlo a guy who's like 23 right out of college about his little his little videos on Twitter and and like Carlo is sitting there in his dorm like thinking about what he's going to do with his life or not in his dorm I, I I'm getting this wrong but he was you know I forget where he was working mm-hmm. at the time but it wasn't it was not a football club right like he gets this email in his inbox from Bob at like lafc.com or whatever his email would have been and he's like, hey, it's Bob Bradley. Like, I yeah. saw your videos. Do you want to have a conversation about, like, coming to work for me? I mean, this is the the level wow. of like, detail that Bob has in terms of, like, what he appreciates about people who appreciate the yeah. game and how much love and respect and adoration he has for the game. And I can't say when people call Bob Bradley out and like, all, it's like, I get that, but you're not going to get someone in here at LAFC who cares more about the game than he does. You might disagree with his approach. You might want to see a true number nine who can hammer home goals and get someone like, you know, in a different position. But I, I tr- as Josh Gross, the co-host of the season pass pod says, Bob Bradley's way smarter than me when it comes to these things. So I'm going to trust him. So there's a, there's an anecdote for you now that I've taken over the Christine's interview. That's amazing. No, I learning about tactics, soccer tactics is like Disneyland for me. So it, I would like for you to tell me all the stories that you've heard and send me all the information about 
how the game of football works. Well, no, Christine, it's going to be the best thing ever because you're just going to start establishing a relationship yeah. with Bob and learning more about this. And he's going to tell you like way doper shit than he ever told me because at the end of the day, he looked at me and he was like, I don't know about you, Mr. Dwyer. You come over here with your mustache <laughs> and your things. And Christine's like, what better spoken and less nuts. So um, he's going to respect you more and probably just tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, we Send just went into info, reporter Alex. mode right there. Send me the info. <laughs> Yeah, we, we went into reporter mode right now. We're talking about real football stuff on the pod. <laughs> Black is white. Things have turned upside down. I don't know what to say. Slim. I, I don't even know where to go. That shit was really in-depth. It's great. Like, <laughs> Bob has a fucking ghost Twitter account where he's probably talking shit to LAFC fans. Shout out Kevin Durant. Y'all know what it is. So amazing. Let's take Josh, another sick or Josh second is break. Just, Josh is just sitting there. like. <laughs> yeah, Josh, is, <laughs> Josh is so tired from getting back from fucking New York the other day. I no, know. no, no. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm so I'm glad here this is for happening. it. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, let's take, let's take our second break. Yeah. Back with Christine, FCFC Pod. We're talking. Ooh, we threw a little talk. melody in it this week. Okay. We're talking the talk. We're reporting the reports. We're hearing this and that, and we do have the tea. You can take me out of the city, but you can't take the tea out of the bowl. Hey, I actually, you know what I did? I made matcha. I've never made matcha for the podcast ever. Basic ass bitch. I make delicious matcha, <laughs> and this is my boy. My my friend made this matcha bowl which looks like a galaxy inside of it not the galaxy but like a whole like bunch of stars and this is beautiful black bottom and he dug the clay out of the side of a mountain made it himself added in flecks of iron and it's just a beautiful bowl so i just i brought it up here and i wish you guys were having all of this with me so cheers to you and in the video we're all gonna see dweez with a green mustache because that's just how it happens Dweez, I think you know what I we've we've gotten so we take your your dweeziness for granted I think so many times and for the first time this year that story of of your friend who dug clay out of a mountain and sprinkled specks of his own iron into it to make you this matcha bowl is is our first dweez moment of the year so shout dweez out moment, everybody dweez moment, dweez moment, dweez moment. <laughs> prophecy, thank prophecy, you for prophecy. your patience thank you for the patience for waiting uh this long for that moment I mean well you know, between Keaton and Christine, we've had guests that uh, have just taken it to a different level. And I don't think there's much room for us in this, in this world of guests like these. Um, but Christine, like, you know, you've, you've now talked to us on this pod about the soccer you played growing up, the, the soccer we all love to watch yeah. at the bank, the, the freestyle soccer, mm-hmm. the, this, this game in all different flavors and shapes. And one thing that I hope becomes a recurring mm-hmm. thing for all of the LAFC podcasts in the pod fam this year is the growing closeness, the nearness of the Angel City arrival uh, in our lovely mm-hmm. city. And I wanted to hear a little bit about, A, if you're covering it for any of the places you've been covering the sport for and just in general like how excited are you to have nwsl in la and what does it 
what does it mean and give us give us your give us your read on how things are proceeding so far with that I'm really excited. I know the LAVIOs are really involved with um, Angel City. Um, my friend, Catherine, who's been organizing women's soccer in LA for a really long time, got hired there. And I just thought that was such like an apropos fit that they were hiring somebody who already knows the community really well in women's soccer. I, I have to say I'm not too, too involved in women's soccer per se. Uh, since I came to LA, I've been more involved with street soccer, um, but I do. So uh, the team that I play on now, the 11 aside team is actually a semi-pro women's team based in Santa Ana. So I've gotten more involved with women's soccer this past year as I've gone on that team. And I know that um, just in, in every aspect um, in terms of like the player's visibility in terms of the respect, in terms of um, just like, uh, you know, equal pay, all of those issues. It's something that's really important to um, players of all ages, um, girls and women. And um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of uh, Serena and Alexis. So I was happy. I was super, super pumped. Um, Serena is probably the number one like icon in terms of athletics to me. And so I think that, you know, her husband's involvement with the club, his investment in the club is very telling. And I think it's a show of what I want to see, which is um, true and genuine allyship, putting your money where your mouth is, and then handing over the mic to um, people who, who deserve and should have the mic. And in this case, it's um, to the women who involved with organizing and playing um, women's professional soccer. So yeah, and um, I, I don't know too many, I'm not too connected with NWSL, but I just played a tournament with a couple of NWSL players on my team. So that was fun. I was able yeah, to she's... get them in their off season and play with them in a little 5 side. Listen to, Christine, <laughs> listen to Christine over here with these subtle flexes. Like, yeah, I don't know that much about <laughs> NWSL. I just sort of like play against their players and sometimes meg them and score goals against them. It's not that big of a deal, guys. Don't worry. I'm, I'm just learning about the league. While very I good. They're players. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was saying, Alex, we got to go play sometime, especially when COVID is a little bit safer. But um, the, the women that I've met in LA, they're all really good. Um, the talent is off the charts and... Uh, I like to play more of a small sided game, but because I wanted to try to play at a high competitive level, as long as my bones would allow me, I started to play the, um, on this 11 side team. So I'm going to shout them out. They're called Internacional. They're part of the, uh, the semi-pro women's division. Um, so what else was I saying? Oh yeah. It wasn't a flex. Like they, there's just like a lot of really, really talented female players, especially in LA. Um, yeah, so shout out to them. When you're buff, you don't really need to flex. <laughs> Slim, Slim is the one that said it, and I'm the one that believed it. Uh, yeah, no, and I think this is the first time on the pod that we've, you know, sort of talked about the fact that, you know, Angel City is going to be in in effect in 2022, and they're going to be in the bank in 2022, which is huge. Yeah. I think we all know, um, and we're planning to have some some of the people from Angel City on an episode for everyone very soon and we'll get more into that but you nice. brought up the the second thing that i wanted to talk about during tea time which is just you know taking it taking it back to to the basics uh, playing this game you know 
I don't remember if I've ever told my oldest football memory. And for a lot of people, it's like watching it and, and this and that. But I just remember playing. And that's like the oldest memory I have of the sport. And I've mm-hmm. always played. I've always loved playing. Playing so important to me. And I haven't, I realized I hadn't kicked a ball like in over a year. I mean, I kick it in the backyard with my dog, but I haven't like actually gone out and played. I haven't passed it to anyone. I haven't played football. And how have you been coping with the pandemic and the distancing and all of that? And what, yeah, what is, how has it affected your, your own love for, for the actual playing of the game and how have you been coping? So I still train with my women's team because they're based in Santa Ana. And so our you know, it is a semi-pro women's team. They do take themselves seriously. So um, we are in a way to expect a good practice. Um, they do take COVID precautions. So, you know, that's neither here nor there. But um, so we've been training regularly um, for the past, I would say, six months or so. And um, I also train with as a coach. Do you guys know Cathedral High School? It's like a private boys school. So yep, Cathedral, um, I train. Right? Right by Chinatown. Shout out to Daniel Diaz. What up? What up, Christian? I know you listen to the pod too. I got my boys who went to Cathedral. Cathedral, stand up. I actually played mm. with some Cathedral guys in the <laughs> Griffith Park 11s when the pandas folded. If you know, you know. Alex, I love when you get all like hyped up like this. It's like it's a different level. It's tea time, Christine. This is how it goes. <laughs> So um, there's a coach there that I train with and we train in a small group. So we've been training in a small group basically since quarantine started. Same people, same like four people. Uh, So yeah, shout out to my trainer. His name is Herman. And he is a freaking huge LAFC fan. So um, every time something happens in LAFC, he's like, Christine, I want you to ask why they're not doing this for the (laughs) the club. And I was like, I do you think I have literally any power or say I'm just like observing and commenting, commentating. He's like, well, why are they doing this? Christine, I think you have more power. I think you have more power and say than you think you do. You just like raise, just raise your hand and get the mic from them and then just ask whatever the hell you want, whether it's her aunt's questions or your own. I mean, they're like, yeah, they want just hit him with these questions, Christine. You're you're ready. I don't I don't know what you're dragging your feet for. You're okay, so I asked Bob a question once, and um, I think I had prepared too many notes because it was against it was a it was a Carson game, and it was when um, Fabio Alvarez was playing, and he had assisted. He had done like not two direct assists, but he had like two kind of assists where like his through ball had gone to somebody else, and then. I believe um, Zlatan scored twice. And so I asked Bob about that, but the question was so long. And afterwards, my friend Gilbert was like, nice quiz. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, thanks, Gilbert. Jeez, <laughs> buddy. I thought we are collegial atmosphere in the press box. <laughs> we were like talking about quizzes. Get out of here, Gilly. Come on, boy. No, and I was like, and then in the 58th minute, do you remember blah, blah, blah? And then Bob was like, he just kind of like snickered. And he was like, well, I'll have to go review that play. And I was like, okay. But no, Alex, I, I am actually, I love to learn about like how experienced journalists approach people. Did you know Bob before LAFC? Christine, if you were calling me an experienced journalist and expected that I knew Bob or anything before I even started a podcast with my mates over here, you got it all twisted. I, I'm, you're just looking at a guy who's winging it over here. I didn't know Bob. Oh my God. I'm from I, the this music. This is like world. the most Asian thing ever. And you're like, <laughs> no, I'm from the, I'm from the music world. <laughs> 
I'm over here from the music world, Christine. I, I just, I used to listen to rap music and then I would tell people if it was good or bad. And then, I don't know, I stumbled into this sports thing. And, Stop yeah. culturally appropriating our humility, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, th- yeah, oh it's true. Dweez did come from music. So, I mean, let's be honest, like, as spicy as Bob can get, I'm sure like a rapper probably got a little spicier with Dweez. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that might be part of it. I will admit, like, yeah, it's it's he does have like the Night King stare. Bob does, and he's just like, looking at you and he's just like, gonna holy fuck, you. he looks just like the Night King. Oh my god, this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he he has yeah. that he has that effect. I I think that that's part of it. But Christine, like, I don't you know what? I don't think that there's much more like you already know so much about the game. You're probably your issue is probably you just know too much about the game, if anything. And you probably like, like you said, you over over prepare and maybe overwhelm a guy like Bob who just like, especially in post games, maybe here's, here's my, here's the last thing I'll say about it. Um, Going to training is better than asking post game or pre game. Like go to training because then you can actually like have a conversation about something where when you do it at the, at the post game and stuff, it's just people are trying to go for sound bites and that's much post games are much more dependent on Bob's mood. Like if win or lose, or he's really excited to talk about X player, Y player, one milestone or another. Mm. It's, it's less about what you're asking him and more about just like the circumstances you're dealing with that night. Um, yeah. And again, I'm, this is someone who, only reported for you know in sports for a couple of years i'm sure like the dylan hernandez's of the world you know those guys who who cover multiple sports and do different things they'll know all the ins and outs of how to how to do it proper but i think there's no there's no like rite of passage that needs to happen you just ask what you want to ask when you want to ask it and uh you're you're doing great Come on, you're you're on the heart of LAFC. We look up to you guys. We're fo- we're we're following in you guys' footsteps. And there's a reason we don't talk f- about football on this podcast because we don't know what the hell we talk about. Am I right, boys? What? <laughs> <laughs> I just here's what I want to do. Okay, right. here's what I want to do. In that pickup game that we talked about, I want to get Josh. I want to get Slim. We're gonna do a TSG like you know supporters cup team. But I want to get a little play going on before that. I want to pass the ball a little around. See if. See if Josh, see, how, I could see Josh as like kind of a solid D mid. I could see Slim. You know what, Slim? I think you might have a secret attacking prowess on the wing. We get it Slim yeah. on the a little bit. That Pull sounds away. like a lot of running, man. Yeah, but you just time your <laughs> runs. You're, you're good at like knowing the opportune moments to do and say certain things. I bet you could probably not run, you know, six <laughs> of the runs. And then you run yeah. two of the runs and both of those runs result in goals. I like the way you think. I completely agree. You can stand for 90% of the time, but it's just like 99% even. Yeah, that 1%. You'll be the hero. My language now. Christine's going to pull the strings from the midfield and just distribute the balls. And uh, I'll just play outside back where I belong. I mean, that's what Iniesta does, baby. Ooh, full circle. <laughs> Slim with the podcast touch right here. Ooh, full circle Call shit. Back. <laughs> Okay. Where, where else we want to go, boys? I know Spice is sitting over there with 600 topics he wants to ask about Christine, and I, those might have to wait for the next 10 episodes we do with her, unless he wants to bring them up now. No. Spice is just thinking about his drive tomorrow morning. <laughs> where are you driving to? 
Lucerne Valley, a couple hours away. We were doing a, a fun, fun shoot there. Seven thirty yeah. call time, baby. Famous for now, milk. I don't know. I think I it's famous know. for milk, Lucerne. Oh, it sounds like a milk. Product. And actually, I'm pretty sure yeah. there is a brand called Lucerne. Lucerne and Altadena is where it's set in Southern California, baby. But I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about all the different, you're right, Dweez, all the different approaches that we can take with Christine in the coming months when we get all the content that we want from Christine going forward because there's so many things we can talk about. First off, I want you to commit right now that you'll come on with me on IG Live for streaming with Spice and we're going to give Asian American recommendations and film recommendations. So please, Christine, don't, please just say yes right now. (laughs) Come on. Uh, Instagram. Let's with do you. it. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. I have to tell oh, yeah. you right off the bat, this is a disclaimer. I am not a Tarantino fan. So let's not even, let's not even look, look at all of you guys. You ever it got super awkward all of a sudden. No, Tarantino fans <laughs> fall back. Tarantino fans <laughs> fall back. We're not here for the bells and whistles, Quentin. 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 I actually was really upset with um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because they did my boy Bruce so wrong. And, and illustrated him as like yeah. a fucking Muppet. And I hated that. And I hated how Asian American media at the ringer was really um, just plugging Tarantino all week long. It wasn't saying anything about that and backing our boy up. So Seriously. fuck that. Yeah. Watch Warrior. It has its flaws, but it's also very fun. It is yeah. fun. It's fun. And, uh, and historically mind. accurate? Props. Props. <laughs> um, a friend of mine, or he's more like a colleague, actually did that. Um, ESPN doc, the Be Like Water. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's good. That's um, awesome. No, it was really, really cool. Uh, I, I learned so many freaking awesome things about Bruce in that one. Christine, if, um, if I'm not, in, not imposing on the other guys, I, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about one of your topics from Heart of the LAFC in the past episode, which is the 2021 entry of Kim Moon-hwan Sun-Zu, our first <laughs> Korean LAFC player. And yeah. We've already talked tactics and Slim and I have um, had our eyes rolled to the back of our head because we have no idea what the hell we're talking about. So talk to us about, just give us, you, you, you covered it so beautifully on Heart of LSC, but give us some of the, our pointers about what we should be looking forward to from, from uh, Kim Moon-Wan as he comes over to the States and how, how you think he'll be received by the American fans. I think he's going to, really enjoy LA and I think LA most importantly is going to really enjoy him so I am really excited for Los Angeles just to appreciate a professional Korean baller and I think Josh you mentioned this on your interview with Max Um, he is Korean and obviously LA has a big Korean population but I wouldn't say that's the reason why he's coming to LAFC I would say first and foremost is because he's got he he's a talent and also we need somebody in that position and he's somebody who is a little bit outside of the box in terms of right backs he's not like an old school right back um he's got some guts you know he he's a good dribbler he's got style and he he's also able to shoot um so i think that's something that we don't usually see from our outside backs is just those shots from outside the box um I know there's that one clip that keeps getting replayed of him um, so I mean just in terms of the game itself I know 
everybody that I know is really looking forward to it because defense is always a concern for LAFC fans and people. Um, so I, I think mostly when I talk about him with people, they're like non-Korean LAFC fans who are like really, really excited that he's coming because they know they've seen his clips and they can tell that he is a good player um, and he's versatile. So yeah, that's kind of my take on him. Other than that, I don't really know much about him outside of that. I know that like some of the, the supporters were on a Zoom call with him and like, I guess he's kind of like very shy. I don't know if that's true or if maybe it's a language barrier, but I mean, like what better place to come to in the United States than LA, you know, like LA has literally everything. And like, even if you don't go to the Korean places, like Korean people, I feel like love LA because you find camaraderie in so many different places and the different communities in LA, especially the Latino community, they, they're just so about the sport and they're about um, being part of family and they're welcoming. And like, they, there's just so many different aspects of the culture in terms of Mexican culture, Central American culture, Korean culture, et cetera, et cetera. Beautiful. Man, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's powerful stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm just excited. I think I'm yeah. looking forward to, and I'm looking forward to as many good things, you know, only good things in, in, in probably a really unfamiliar year. So um, really excited for him to come. So happy that you could join us today, Christine. Um, we could have taken this in so many different directions yeah. and gone for another three, four hours. And we will have that coming soon, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you for the entire Heart of LAFC crew. And um, thank you for, man, your, what you do for, for footy here in LA. I think that's awesome. Like straight up, like we uh, even, yeah, we, we just get to watch. We just get to watch and, and, and drink. But um, for people actually using their feet to, to advance the game, much respect and love to you. And we can't wait for Josh and Slim to use their feet with me and Christine. And we're all going to play in one happy <laughs> pickup game and watch Christine ball out of control against all of us. All right, but the caveat this... is we all have to be like a certain amount of shots in. So it's going to be, it's not going to be regular soccer. Yeah, Thank you, Dweez, Thank you, you, you got to drink, you got to drink the same amount as us. Soccer. <laughs> yeah, you're not just babysitting one glass of uh, Don Julio mm-hmm. for this one. Let's do oh, it. Oh man, why do you got to tell everybody what my, <laughs> what my special party trick is, Slim? <laughs> Guys, we're just spilling all the tea because it is tea time. Christine, seriously, thank you. Um, it was great to hear your story and and how big a part of you know LA like football community you're part of. Um, and like like Spice said, we're gonna be pulling you away from Heart of LAFC podcast as much as we possibly can in the next year. So. Uh, Sorry, Joseph. Leave us alone. <laughs> Wait, and thank you guys so much. I, I feel like I've been like I got invited to the cool kids tables. So I was really excited. Ooh, <laughs> cool kids. Let's talk <laughs> Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Party beer. If this is the part of the episode where you can sponsor cool kids table yeah. with party beer. Yes. Troublemakers mm-hmm. table. Maybe it. cool kids, maybe troublemakers. We don't know. Insert Gotta name it. here. Insert brand name here. Jesus, what am I doing? Hey guys, uh, subscribe and rate. <laughs> Sus- hey, Scorpion, <laughs> click that like button, guys. Yeah, uh, we fucking um, love subscribe. Yeah. Tell us how much we make your day. Anyways, guys, this has been another episode of the FCFC Pod. <laughs> We're all 
just flying off the rails right now. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in another week. And hopefully we'll have another episode next week. Bye. FCFC. 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 FCFC.